Hello and welcome to the Gale Hill Radio Hour. I'm your host, Kate Jones, here with Amy Witzegruder, the creator of a healthy granola that's been on the market since 2018. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you for having me. Well, you know that I'm a big fan of Witzy's raw granola. I can't count how many bags I've purchased. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. Just one of those things. (laughs) (laughs) So if you would, please talk about how Witzy's is different from a lot of granolas out there. Well, the biggest difference is that our product is mostly nuts and not oats. And we use fruits and seeds and spices. Um, So it's different from that perspective. Uh, It's also uh, soaked and dehydrated, which is very rare. And we like to think that distinguishes us from all the other granolas. Okay. And... No added sugar, right? So we do add a little maple syrup. Oh, but okay. No, yeah, no sugar alcohols, no highly processed sugars, no added oil, and all organic ingredients. And it's not too sweet. You know, even the chocolate honeyberry, which I have a bag of it right here, and it is not, you'd think a chocolate-flavored thing would be sweet, but it's just perfect. It's just not too sweet at all. Yeah, we like to think that the spices and the fruit speak for themselves. So a little uh, salt and sweetness um, help enhance those already fabulous flavors. Yeah, definitely. So when did you start making your own granola and why? So I started making it um, in 2008, seven or eight. And I began making it because my son had a lot of health issues. And we, I was determined to find healthy food for him to eat. So when he was born, he had um, medical issues from the start and had uh, two organ transplants. And um, even after he was uh, functioning fine from a liver perspective, he just could not um, tolerate a lot of foods and had um, just a lot of GI issues. So, um when we started to learn more about gluten and the intolerance to gluten, it seemed very clear that this is what was happening. And, you know, at that time there wasn't that much knowledge about gluten-free. There weren't gluten-free sections in the grocery store. There were no functional medicine doctors putting people on elimination diets like they do today. So it was really kind of navigating based on intuition and experimenting. So, when we started to remove gluten and other highly processed foods and some other allergens, uh, his, his belly settled down. And not only that, a lot of other things changed for the better. Um, so I was just busy in the kitchen. I had, a um, you know, an interest in creating snacks that were healthy and what I was finding in the stores had too much sugar, um, had gluten, Um, A lot of ingredients that, you know, I don't even know how to pronounce, and I just wasn't going to use those as 
nutrient-dense options for my son because they were not. So I just started experimenting with soaking nuts and seeds and drying things in a dehydrator on my kitchen countertop and trying to come up with healthy snacks. And a lot of things didn't work out. I had a lot of failed um, recipes that I, you know, shared with my family. Uh, But the granola was a hit. And it wasn't um, just for people that were avoiding common allergens and gluten, it was a hit with everybody. So people loved it. And so I would make large batches and share it with friends and family. And I did that for, for years. And I always did kind of wonder, uh, why isn't anybody making their granola this way? This is the way it should be um, made. So, but it wasn't until many years later that I put that all together. But that's really why uh, it was for, it was for my son. It was to, give our family an alternative, healthy snack that tasted good, um, which was also hard to do because at the time, any healthy food um, wasn't always good. Some of the bars that were out there weren't very flavorful or had, you know, just horrible aftertaste. So this was easy because it tasted great. It was just a real food. It took some trial and error, though, didn't it? <laughs> yes, quite a bit. It sure did. Were you yeah. working full time out of outside the home? So until um, I wasn't at that time. I had okay. worked for eight years in medical sales, and then I stayed home after my second son, and expected I'd go back. And when my youngest was born with health issues. That was totally derailed uh, because we were in and out of hospital so much. And it was clear that um, that was not an option. So I didn't go back to work until many years later once he was sort of stable. Okay. So you kind of thought about somebody, you know, should do this, you know, to make this kind of um, snack or granola. But what spurred you on toward creating a business? Well, so I did end up going back to work and it was a very stressful environment and job and um, travel and I I just, it just didn't feel like it was something that was resonating with me. I felt like there was more that I should be doing. I didn't know what it was, but um, I just knew that there was more and I'd always wondered and still made the granola and thought, you know, <laughs> there, there's so many brands, food brands popping up. I mean, you see it all over the place, new foods and stuff on Shark Tank. And I, I was really sort of ready for a challenge. And, and I, thought I, could, I thought I could do more with it. I knew I could make a better granola, but I thought I could do more with it and um, involve you know, our family in some way that would be really meaningful and long-term. So um, that's what I did. I just started, um, I formed an LLC and just uh, began to uh, test it and learn about um, sourcing and get feedback from people. And uh, one thing led to another and the the, um, people loved it. I mean, people loved it. And I was really pleased with that. And then it was just a matter of how I make this affordable because 
organic nuts and seeds and fruits are not inexpensive and it would definitely stand out from other granolas if it was four times the cost. So, um, but I, I was ready. It was time. I feel like all of the experiences I had leading up to the formation of the business were in my life for a reason and were kind of all coming together. So it just felt, it just felt so right. You have taken a really hard situation, your son's health issues, and have figured out how to help others and help him and help others. So what have you learned and how have you grown over these past years? Well, it's so satisfying to be doing something that is is meaningful. Now, I'm not saying my other jobs weren't meaningful or there wasn't some value, but this is different. This is so personal. And it's, you know, I think food is so important. And I've seen it firsthand change my son's life and our family, um, too. So it's so rewarding to do good and put good out there. And it just motivates me, you know, to want to continue figuring things out and growing it in a way that's also going to be able to help more people. Um, and not just from a food perspective, but in other ways, too. Yes. You have a great mission with Witsy's Raw Granola, and it has to do with autism. Would you talk about that? Yeah, sure. So um, <laughs> when I think back on my life, I mean, there's some there's some big moments for sure. But but the, the two biggest ones were when, you know, my son was seven days old and we knew he was going to need we were told he was going to need a liver transplant before he was one and a kidney transplant at some point. And that was a huge pivotal moment. Um, and then I the bet. second one. Wow. Yeah. Huge. I mean, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody expects to hear that ever. And you had and a regular, hear, actually an easier pregnancy than your other two pregnancies. Yes, it was great. It was great. I, I was involved in a exercise and pregnancy study with my best friend who was due at the same time as me. and we were monitored all the way through and everything was fine. He was born on time. The other two were late. You know, it was just like, I, I couldn't believe, I could hardly believe what they were telling me when they, when we heard this news. Um, and then two and a half years later was, you know, the moment when life would never be the same. And that was when he was diagnosed with autism and having been a parent already, um, we knew there was something going on. And we had a lot of experts around us, these teams of people saying, give him time. He's had a, a you know, a very medically involved life. This is, this is challenging for kids, but they typically catch up, give him time, give him time. But you know, my instincts and my, my gut was telling me there's more. And um, it took a few different positions before we heard that he, you know, um, had autism and I will never forget that moment either. And it was just a matter of like, well, now what do we do? Um, but we, we, we found the Cleveland Clinic Center for Autism. It was life changing and continues to be. Um, and we, I could never imagine him being a teenager. I would see the older students going in after school and I thought, Oh my God, I can't imagine. Can't imagine. I kept thinking that he would catch up and he'd go back to the district at some point because he'd catch up. And, you know, as time went by, he was not catching up and he has a lot of skills, but he has, you know, he's 
he has a lot of impairment too. So then the, the fear, um, the challenge, first fear, then, then there's a plan always, you know, first it's you're afraid and then you put a plan together and you're sure. not so afraid, but it was what, what is going to happen when the school-based programs go away? You know, at some point he is going to have to find a place to work, um, activities to do, and, you know, where is he going to live? All of these questions started bubbling up and, um, I knew that he could learn things. It's just going to take him, you know, a lot longer than other people. So if, I could create a business that would involve him, then I know that there'd always be a place for him to go. And then whether it was four hours a day or four hours a week, it would be some part of his routine and he can, you know, do something that's productive and feel good about it. And, um, you know, it's really important to us that, that he's involved. And if he doesn't want to make granola or he doesn't want to stamp the bags or heat seal, and this is not something he loves to do, maybe he can take those skills um, elsewhere and he'll learn that you have to clock in. He'll learn that you get breaks. He'll learn that you have to follow these rules. He'll learn about hairnets and gloves and, you know, schedules and going to work and leaving work, all of these things. He's learning all this stuff. It doesn't necessarily mean he wants to be passionate about making granola, but I surely would hope so. Um, so he and other students from his class come to the kitchen with their teachers and they practice all these different skills. And it's, just the best when I see the van pull in and I see them come in um, and I watch how much they've learned and how capable they are and they're just pure joy um, it's just amazing so it's just it just feels really right that is wonderful Amy in June you were spotlighted as a jumpstart entrepreneur what would you like to say about that Oh, just a big shout out to Jumpstart. It's just been such a great opportunity to get to know uh, the people of the organization and work with them. And I have relied on the advisors for feedback, recommendations. They've provided funding uh, for me to move the business along. And, you know, it says they'll be as involved with you as you want them to be. So I learned a lot of lessons from them elevator pitches, you know, cash flow. Um, the financial component has been really big. So uh, just really, truly understanding your costs and forecasting and things like that. But not even just that, just knowing that there's like this team of people, you know, <laughs> that are willing to help and connect you to other people. And, you know, things have, we have offshoots of, of this group, um, you know, we have a small women in food group that's just forming that's been so helpful. Um, so it just helps to stay connected to what's up and, you know, give you sort of that uh, support and confidence that you're on the right path. They've been great. Oh, that's so, that's, it's so important to have uh, some people at your back, huh? <laughs> exactly. Just, oh my gosh. Because you do feel sort of alone, you know, when you're, we have a very small team. So, um, you do, you do it all, and I could go, you know, days without talking to anyone but people from Witsies and my family. So it's nice to have other people that, um, you know, you can bounce ideas off with and for you. Definitely. 
Well, what has changed in the five years since you've been running Witsies? I know you've added more flavors <laughs> and I imagine more, more outlets. I don't know about that. And I know it's available at witsiesrawgranola.com because I go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, there have been a lot of changes. Uh, I will say the recipe hasn't changed at all. And uh, you're right. We do have uh, seven flavors now. We only had one at the beginning and now there are uh, seven. Yeah, we have more ways to purchase it. There's We're in over 60 stores in Cleveland, Akron, um, Columbus area. And it is available on the website. There is a little presence on Amazon. And that was sort of out of necessity during the pandemic. Uh, when people weren't going to the grocery store, there was a little fear there. So we thought maybe we should have a presence. Um, but that's not a huge focus of ours. Um, but I think our operations have changed significantly. I mean, we were literally in my basement with, um, you know, dehydrators that you could buy on Amazon and my Cuisinart. And <laughs> uh, it was, it, then we moved to a shared, shared kitchen. And then now this space, while it's not completely ours, we have a dedicated part of this building downtown that is, ours and our equipment's much bigger. Uh, there were times when we were mixing things, um, by hand because the batches got so large and then we got this massive mixer. Um, and our packaging, oh my gosh, has come so far. We started out with these little brown bags with a teeny window, like a, I remember that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And the, the original ones rolled down and had a twisty to close them. They weren't heat sealed. There was nothing like, you know, the Department of Agriculture was, it was definitely a, you know, a, a homemade good. And then we moved to a bag that you could heat seal, but it was still brown craft looking bag. And we were printing gobs and gobs of label going through tons of toner. And it was just a really hard decision to make the leap and um, go to a, a designed bag uh, because it was so expensive. You know, the minimums were massive and it was so expensive. And, um, but so now it looks, uh, looks great. Yeah. We, and it doesn't look like the little homemade granola, but it really, it really still is. It's so simple. And I, it, although we are food producers, I don't call us a manufacturer because there's nothing, we don't, we don't make a food. We, we prepare these ingredients together that are all real. You know what I mean? That's nothing highly processed. There's nothing, there's no ingredient that has sub ingredients. It's all real stuff. So I I feel like we're, we're food producers, not manufacturers, but um, that's a nice way of looking at it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just different now. We, um, we have a couple of distributors. We're working to get um, some East coast distributors. We attended a, a big, food show um, in July and made a lot of connections and just learned a lot. There's just um, at every level, I think you're kind of starting over again and, but it's still fun. It's still, um, it's still the same product. I think we are going to have to get a handle on warehousing and things like that for the ingredients and the kids are still involved. Um, But we're just growing. So it's, it's just, it's just bigger. Everything is kind of 
bigger. That's well, that's good because more people are getting it and it, you know, buying it. And um, I, it's so worth it there. It, it's, it is real food. And I always feel good afterwards. Um, um, for the record, <laughs> I know uh, you know this, but uh, I love that your two new flavors, and it's uh, the chocolate honeyberry and the um, lemon raspberry. And the lemon raspberry I have for breakfast every morning. I I love them too, and it's so hard to say which one I love the most because I get asked a lot, and it I and I have them all in my pantry always. And it really is just dependent on what, um, what I'm eating. But, um, the lemon raspberry was launched last year at farmer's markets, as you know, and people went crazy. And I think the timing was, was nice too, because they had gotten to know us and it was fun to introduce something. Plus it was summertime as it is now. And, um, you know, when the berries are coming into season, you know, it just, it just pairs really well. And, um, so we love it and we're happy about it. It's so cute. It's like bright pink. Yes. It, um, and bright and fresh tasting. Yeah, I think so too. The zest from the lemon is great. Yes. And then I think the chocolate honeyberry is kind of um, almost opposing. We launched that in the winter and it is made with a cacao. So it's like a dark chocolate. It's kind of like, you know, I don't know, makes me feel warm. Um, and it goes really well with like a cup of cocoa or it can be paired with, you know, ice cream or vanilla yogurt too, but uh, it's just deeper and richer. And um, so it's, it's so new. It's, um, you know, people are just discovering it now. Yes. It's a a great snack. I can vouch for that. (laughs) A good after lunch snack. (laughs) Well, that's good. Yeah. And it's in your right with the, the low sugar because of the, you know, the fiber and the fat and, um, the carbs, it's a nice balance. So it's, it shouldn't spike anyone's blood sugar. It's just really even quality. You know, it's not just one of those three elements. It's a nice balance of the three. So it's a really great, healthy option. Yes. So is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, I think I've learned that it's important to really trust your gut and not, like the actual functioning of your gut, but you know, your intuition, I, I knew that, um, that I did, I wasn't doing the right thing and I was in the wrong place. And, um, there were signs probably all my life that was leading to this, that I needed to develop these skills. I need to understand perseverance and efficacy and using my voice and selling and all this stuff to get to this point. But I, I would say that if there is a, inkling that you are not in the right place. You probably aren't. And, you know, I, I feel like I was living this, um, life that was dictated by, you know, what culture expected me to be doing. And, um, that wasn't right. And this just, I keep saying it, it just feels right. Yes. Trust yourself and what you're meant to do and what your purpose is. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I like it. Well, Amy, thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure. Anytime. Thank you. This is Kate Jones with the Gale Hill Radio Hour. Until next time, thanks for joining us. Please share this episode with anyone who wants to try a delicious and healthful 
option for breakfast or a snack.